This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, the President of the United States headed home. Uh, He's been in Vietnam. This the uh, Memorial of September 11th, which we will get into uh, momentarily. Y'all, I, I've I've got a, a series of bits of audio I need to play for you before we get into this. The, the reality is that there is a complete meltdown happening on the left. Um, in fact, I'm seeing this tweet right now. Um, Philip uh, Gorovich is a staff writer of the New York New Yorker. Uh, the magazine, and he's responding to this. Um, It's evening, isn't it? An 80-year-old president's whirlwind trip. President Biden went to Asia with a diplomatic to-do list, but he also wanted to show he remains up to the rigors of globetrotting statesmanship. That's the New York Times story, to which Philip Gorovich replies, Biden pulls off an extremely impressive diplomatic mission, and instead of explaining what all he did, you troll his age and fitness with a crack he made to reporters who were themselves bleary trying to keep up with his energy and focus. This is just gross. Um, Democrats are getting really, really sensitive. Here's Chuck Todd on Meet the Press yesterday. For the Democrats, the issue, of course, is Biden's age. In a CNN poll this week, nearly 7 in 10 Democrats said the party should nominate, quote, a different candidate than Joe Biden. And it was the biggest concern among 49% of all Democrats. The biggest concern was Biden's age. Overall, just 28% of Americans say Biden inspires confidence. That's down 24 points from two years ago when he was just four months into his presidency. And this comes after the remarkable moment where Joe Biden's staff cut his microphone on stage at a press conference. Just some of this is a little hard to hear. Just just follow along with it, though. We talked about we talked about at the conference overall. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the uh, excuse me, third world, the uh, the the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change. It had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. You came with me. Thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thank conference. You. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's by the way. That's their music, not mine. I've raised it with every person I've met with. Mr. President, I was worried about your son being in 
drag him away they drag him away it just uh, deeply rambling they got concerns rick klein on abc with what really has the democrats panicked but rick they had a 25 million dollar ad campaign dropped by the uh, biden campaign we're, we're we're 14 months away from from the general election and they're already i mean clearly there's concern that buys a lot of ice cream john and, and here's, <laughs> here's the thing you don't spend that money if you're not worried and, and look the biden team has said well our economic policies are, are are popular this is basically where previous first-term presidents were polling wise all of that is true but you have inflation which is still means prices are a lot higher and you have the x factor that donna talks about with a much older president and that ukraine ad that you showed earlier in the in the program that was all about vitality that was all about showing them out there yeah. and the fact that they're spending this kind of money 20 30 million dollars this far away says that they're a lot more concerned privately or at least trying to address these issues uh, than they will than they'll ever say uh, publicly and, and you hear that from vice president harris you're from democrats across the country they're worried about this they need to portray him in a different light yes here's brianna keeler on CNN. You know, if you're in his camp and you're looking at these latest poll numbers, you have to be really concerned. Uh, concerned. Job approval, 39%. And the trajectory here, not great, right? This has been dipping. How are things going in the country right now? Badly, 70% say. Does he have the stamina sharpness to serve effectively? 74% say no. I mean, what's what's going on here as you see it? Yeah, I mean, if you talk to people on the campaign and even the White House, it there is a gap, a very evident gap that as much as they might be going out there and saying, hey, look, unemployment rate is very low. The economy is getting better. Inflation is lower. People are not believing it. And to try and get people to understand that things might be getting better over time or have been getting better, that is a problem. And at this moment, we are not necessarily seeing the president or his campaign going out there trying to fix that gap. Nope. Uh, Rachel Bade on ABC. Yeah, Donna might be cool as a cucumber over there, but this whole bedwetting that we're seeing right now amongst Democrats is really happening. And hey, yes, they make that joke themselves in terms of bedwetting. I mean, the age issue, the economy. There was some polling this week that we also saw that showed a lot of voters, a significant amount of voters think that, you know, Biden might have been part of or knew about what was going on with Hunter Biden making all this money from foreign companies when he was vice president. So that doesn't bode well for him. Yeah, either. the CNN poll, I think it was 61 percent right. of voters think that, that that Joe Biden had some involvement. Again, no evidence. That sure. No, none. Of, but but, you know, uh, clearly, you know, this is showing where voters are right now. And so that's why you do see some Democrats right now say that. Biden needs to make more of a contrast with Trump. He needs to talk more about, you know, all the legal challenges, the January 6th stuff. The White House is still really not touching that. They don't touch it at all. No, not at all. And uh, clearly they're afraid of blowback and that the, it'll make the whole process look more political. Now, last one. This is from Cornell Belcher. He was one of Barack Obama's pollsters trying to spin spin his way out of the, the contratumps. I've been here before, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> as someone who worked for Obama, I think... Um, if you go back to August of 2011, headlines had uh, Obama not only tied with a guy by the name of Rick Perry and Ron and Ron Paul, you remember those, but he was actually trailing the guy by the name of Mitt Romney by 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 by, 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 by several points. I think this is polling right now. You don't pay a lot of attention to polling right now. I, I was actually, I think, I was more. I think I'd be more worried about. Uh, Mitt Romney than than Trump. Why is that? Because 
right now, Mitt Romney had a higher ceiling than Donald Trump. Right. We've seen how Donald Trump performs in, in two elections now. Right. I think right now, I would argue that 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 Trump is at his ceiling, and President Biden is 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 is, clo is close to his floor. But he has a good story to tell. Right. He has a story to tell about the economy, right. and he has a story to tell about legislation, popular le legislation. By right. the way, that we on the Obama campaign didn't have this kind of popular le legislation to talk about. Right? Don't you love how they're sort dismissing Obama now to try to build up Biden? Friends, if you are a longtime listener to this program, you will recall the trip I took to Washington in uh, September or October of 2022. It was doing some press gaggles meeting uh, in different meetings with members of the press, trying to assess the lay of the land, the landscape, how things would play out for the GOP. And there was growing concern among Democrats at the time before they really had a handle on where the midterms were headed, that, that Biden was going to destroy him. They thought they were going to get a seriously blown out. The polling at the time looked brutal for the Democrats. And multiple members of the press from multiple press outlets all shared in separate conversations a rumor that the New York Times had been working on a piece about the Biden White House and how Biden was really out to lunch and his age was showing and it was a problem. And it would begin once the, the election was over and the bloodbath had, had been seen for the Democrats to push Joe Biden out. He would be a one-term president. That never happened. The Democrats did far better in the midterm elections than people thought. Part of it was abortion, but a lot of it, contrary to what a lot of Trump supporters say, actually was the whole defend democracy issue. Uh, Joe Biden and his speech, uh, much pilloried, much mocked, the fiery red speech with the Marines behind him, uh, attacking Trump and Trump supporters for their destruction of democracy. It actually worked with a lot of swing voters. We don't have to talk about the the, the surveys of, of voters and the polling. We can talk about the actual election results and the actual uh, exit polling, which is a pretty good, reliable indicator of what happened. Third. 13% of Republicans voted for the Democrats. 13% of Republicans in 2022 voted for the Democrats because they did truly believe Trump candidates were a threat to democracy. For the first time since 2002, after 9-11, for the first time since 2002, majority of independent voters voted for the incumbent White House party. Abortion was an issue in some suburban seats, but that's overplayed by both sides. It's overplayed by the Democrats because they see it as a wedge issue to panic Republicans. It's overplayed by Trump supporters because they see it as a way to throw it off on abortion so they don't have to answer for Trump's unlikability. But one of the biggest issues for independent voters and that 13% of Republicans was the threat to democracy. And Democrats look to be playing that up this time with Donald Trump. So the attacks on Joe Biden that were expected didn't come. Oh, they're coming now. Joe Biden is tied in a race with Donald Trump. Joe Biden loses to every other Republican. You name the Republican, Joe Biden loses to them. He's only tied with Donald Trump. He loses to DeSantis. He loses to Christie. He loses to Haley. He loses to Pence. He loses to Ramaswamy. He loses to Tim Scott. He loses to Asa Hutchinson. He loses to Doug Burgum. And no one knows who Doug Burgum is. But Joe Biden loses to him. Joe Biden loses to generic Republican.
which at this point, Burgum is for people. He loses to all the Republicans except Donald Trump, and he's tied with Donald Trump. For all of the emotional anxiety and energy the Democrats have spit into this, the fact that he's tied with Donald Trump right now is not good for the Democrats. If the Republicans actually pull their heads out of their backside and nominate someone other than Trump, Joe Biden does not win re-election. He's got a 50-50 shot with Donald Trump. He doesn't have much of a shot at all with any other Republican. And the Democrats are starting to realize that's how bad it is. And it's his age, and nobody's feeling like the economy is helping him. And by the way, the economy could still slip into a recession, which is still likely. They're starting to have abject panic. Here's the bottom line. And I say this not as a partisan. I say this as someone who was a political consultant who ran federal, state, and local campaigns. It is September the year before the election, there's more than 365 days before the November election of 2024. You do not spend more than a year before the election $25 million for the incumbent to reset the race unless you have a problem. Joe Biden, the start of Monday night or Sunday night football, In 60 minutes, no less, he ran his ad during 60 minutes, and it was a rah-rah ad, and it's designed to get Democrats off the sidelines. A lot of Democrats, particularly non-white Democrats, are sitting on the sidelines. They don't want to vote for Joe Biden in 2024. They are uninspired. Joe Biden is not running $25 million in advertisements to try to get independent voters and Republicans to like him. He's trying to spend the money to get Democrats re-engaged with him. Democrats are the problem right now. That's why he spent the money on 60 Minutes. There are no independent, persuadable voters watching 60 Minutes on a Sunday night, the first night of football, because you got more football games to watch. There are Democratic voters who are watching 60 Minutes. That's why he spent the money there. $25 million spent by an incumbent president more than a year before the election, that right there is freak out money. That right there is big red flag money. That right there tells you the Democrats are deeply bothered by this incumbent president. And it would not surprise me if they begin a very concerted push behind the scenes to get him off the stage and find someone else. And I don't think they can. Joe Biden, for all of his faults and problems, which are many, is probably the only Democrat who can keep the Democrats from having an open civil war with each other. And that's a far bigger problem for the Democrats. Uh, They don't have a bench of people who can unite the party and keep it on the same page. And it's a real problem for them that their incumbent, the man most likely to beat Donald Trump, and he's still losing to all the other Republicans— is a man who more than a year before the election needs to spend $25 million just to keep his polling from dropping further with Democrats. You still got more than a year to go and potentially a recession coming. This is not good for the Democrats. It's great for the rest of us to watch. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, 877-973-7425. I got an email from a listener during commercial break. 
says, what, what if what if Republicans are pulling a bait and switch? They're luring Democrats in with Biden, and then suddenly the GOP is going to start nominating someone other than Trump. They'll be stuck with Biden. That would be the ideal solution, frankly. I just don't know that the GOP is that smart or coordinated enough. I, I still think something's off uh, with the polling. Just what I hear on the ground in Iowa, New Hampshire, and elsewhere, that Donald Trump is still popular, but not as popular as the polling suggests. Uh, but uh, the other candidates, they, they gotta, they got to figure something out here. I mean, it really is remarkable that at this moment in time, Joe Biden loses to everyone and is tied with Trump. Uh, you put in Nikki Haley, she outperforms everybody else right now, nine points ahead. Uh, DeSantis is slightly ahead. Christie's ahead. Pence is ahead. Tim Scott's ahead. It, it's Donald Trump who either loses or is tied with uh, Biden. It's, it's just kind of remarkable. Uh, and uh, the GOP should pay attention to that, and it would be hilarious if at the last minute we pull a bait and switch and we wind up with someone not named Trump, and the Democrats are stuck with Grandpa Joe. Speaking of which, his, well, problems are beginning to spill out. That press conference, uh, Mediaite, Biden announces I'm going to bed before being cut off mid-sentence after several weird outbursts at troubling Vietnam press conference. The president in India for his G20 summit toward the end, he was asked about U.S.-China relations by Voice of America correspondent Anita Powell and specifically why he hadn't spoken to President Xi in 10 months. His answer went on about how Xi is facing many crises at home. He said he doesn't see the lack of recent communication as negative. As a matter of fact, he says, I think it's less likely to cause that kind of conflict. And look, Nobody likes having celebrated international meetings. If you don't know what you want at the meeting, if you don't have a game plan, he may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to bed. And they cut the mic and they pulled him off the stage. Um, Dude's old, very old. We need a young person. We could have a young person. Now, what you could have, is a relationship with Stamps.com. I'm so glad to have them. They send me a script to read with Stamps.com. You need a computer and your printer, and they can help you with holidays. They said, listen, y'all, I'm a customer of Stamps.com. You get access to the post office and UPS services right from your computer or your mobile device, day or night. You don't have lines. You don't have traffic. There's no waiting. If you're running low on supplies, you can order what you need at Stamps.com. I got a little thermal printer I use with Stamps.com. I can print off labels. I can send packages. Y'all, it's so easy. I don't even have to go. I don't have to stand in line, which is the greatest thing. Millions of businesses use Stamps.com. They can get you ready for the holiday rush. You sign up with code ERIC. My name, special offer, includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a free digital scale. You've got no long-term commitment. You have no contract. You go to Stamps.com. You click on the microphone, you put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, for your Christmas packages, for your business, whatever you need, stamps.com, click on the mic, put in Eric, save money, become a customer like I am. Long-time relationship with this great company. Occasionally, but don't get used to it. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program Happy to have you. As always, if you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get the show notes, the podcast, the live stream, the website, follow me around social media, whatever you need. Um, I'll Also, I have uh, my, my assistant has taken over making me send out recipes, so those will be more regular moving forward. I do want you to know that. 
I don't know when we stop doing this. I think about the British were more than 100 years removed from World War I, and the king, still sounds weird to say king instead of queen, still every year um, memorializes World War I. I don't know when we will stop in this country uh, memorializing what happened on 9-11 of September 11th, 2001. I'm, maybe we'll get there one day, but today is not the day. America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here, for the workers who work here, for the families who mourn. This nation stands with the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. I can hear you! I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... and the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And a few weeks later, he throws out that pitch at Yankee Stadium. It's just, wow, looking at George W. Bush, the freeze frame on my computer screen now, how that war aged him. How that aged us all. When I was in law school, I had a professor named Adam Milani. He passed away a few years ago. He was a quadriplegic. He was in a wheelchair, had had an accident playing hockey, was paralyzed um, from the waist down after that. And um, he told the story when he was a lawyer when the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City had been bombed and decided he did not want to continue being a lawyer after that, because he worked at a law firm down the street from the building and lawyers from out of town came in and the building had been blown up. His staff was in the building and he didn't know whether people were alive or dead that he worked with. His secretary had gone down there to drop off mail. She wound up surviving. Um, and he said he just he thought it was awful. This, these lawyers came in from out of town and demanded that a deposition take place that had been long scheduled. He's like, I had, had friends and colleagues dead in that building. It was still smoldering. You could hear the sirens and the police all, all, all that day, the Murrow Federal Building. He said, that was the day I decided I, I, I didn't want to be a lawyer. So he wanted to be a law professor, uh, teaching legal writing, among other things. I remember 9-11. I was a lawyer then. A year out of law school. And it's so much like the, the Adam Milani situation. Um, I walked in that morning. A plane had hit the World Trade Center. They were covering it. They thought it was, was a small plane. And then the second plane hit. A friend of mine, a, a mentor of mine in politics, was on the plane that hit the Pentagon. Barbara Olson, who if you're conservative in the Federalist Society, you know Barbara. Her husband, Ted, was the Solicitor General for President Bush. 
And then the plane, Todd Beamer, the people on that plane in Pennsylvania, let's roll. So I remember that day, and I remember that was a day. I mean, it was such a similar story to Adam Milani that uh, there was a deposition. I was engrossed in this. My my boss's daughter worked for the elections division of the city of New York. People forget it was a, it was a primary election day in New York that day. She was actually at the precinct at the World Trade Center where the plane hit. He didn't know whether she was dead or alive, and lawyers came in and they're like, "Oh, we got to do this deposition. We got to do the deposition. This case has gone on for so long." I just thought, man, how bizarre. We're, we're my boss's daughter, and he was the one who had to conduct the deposition to be there. He, he doesn't know. He hadn't heard from his daughter. Doesn't know whether she's in the building or not. And here come these lawyers from out of town demanding the deposition. It's like, I can see why Milani uh, chose to be a law professor instead of continuing to be in, in the law practice. Now, for those of you who were, were young, my daughter was born in the aftermath of 9-11. She was born in 2005, my son in 2008. They don't know what it was like. They don't remember a time before 9-11. When I was a kid, and we traveled all over the world. When we'd head home from the summer, we'd go back to Dubai. My whole family would come, my grandparents, family friends, my best friend from home, they'd go to the airport with us and drop us off for us to fly back to Dubai. They, we'd all go through security. They'd hang out of the gate. Now, you know, it, it actually, given how crowded airports are these days, it's probably a good thing. Your whole family can't go see you off at the plane. But when I was again, before 9-11, the day before 9-11, September 10th, 2001, your whole family could go through the x-ray or uh, through the scanner, the metal detector, send their stuff through the x-ray detector. You nobody took off their shoes. You could carry your full-sized uh, shampoo bottle with you in your in your carry-on. You didn't have to take your belt off. You didn't have to take your shoes off. You took the metal out of your pocket. You walked through the extra through through the metal detector. Your bag went through the X-ray machine. Your whole family showed up at the gate with you to wait. Unless you were traveling international, then they had to stay on the other side of customs. Everybody could go with you, and they'd hang out at the gate. You could take your kids to the airport. You didn't have to have a ticket. You just walked through the metal detector with your kids, and you could take them and sit and watch the planes. Everything changed that day. For several days, there was not a plane in the sky. That day, the only plane that remained in the sky was Air Force One. And I remember Peter Jennings at the time was the ABC News anchor, and he went on this tirade about George W. Bush and where was he and why wasn't he comforting the nation. The, the, the man was in an airplane with a Secret Service and an Air Force that refused to allow him to land because they didn't have an assessment of the situation. People wanted George Bush to go back to Washington. Meanwhile, there were rumors afoot that there were terrorists waiting for Air Force One to try to land at Andrews Air Force Base so they could bazooka it out of the sky. When I was a kid... The president of Pakistan at the time, his name was President Zia, he allowed my family to stay on his floor. We had a, a situation. We were leaving Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, headed home to Dubai from a vacation. The plane broke down. There were no hotel rooms. He was gracious enough to allow us two rooms on his floor. 
few weeks later, he and the American ambassador were taking off from Pakistan, and someone shot his plane down at takeoff. It's possible to do. They were worried about Bush, and here's Peter Jennings, the Canadian anchor on ABC World News Tonight, demanding to know where George Bush was, why wasn't he comforting the nation, but it was very, very little politics. Peter Jennings was was one of the few to go immediately there. Where is our president to comfort us? But most Americans, Democrat and Republican, united around George W. Bush. Democrats didn't like the guy. Remember, he lost the Electoral College. He won, or he won the Electoral College. He lost the popular vote. And and Democrats, they were the original election conspiracy theorists denying the election. I have friends who stood outside uh, Al Gore's vice presidential mansion chanting, uh, Al Gore, get out of Dick Cheney's house. And Bush moved in with Cheney. They took over. Less than nine months later, 9-11 happened. Now, what's so notable here is, is for a while, There was a lot of goodwill except for the hardcore partisans. By 2004, Democrats, of course, were attacking Bush, saying he should have, he was asleep at the switch, 9 11 shouldn't have happened. And he was like in in office for eight months. Uh, Bill Clinton was was in the the Oval Office with Monica Lewinsky and a cigar and not paying attention. The USS Cole happened. The the Cobar Towers happened. The World Trade Center bombing in 93 happened. They're clearly. They were rattling. Now, I've always compared it to, and I use this analogy too much, but it's so apt to so many things. There's the scene in Jurassic Park where the velociraptors are, are they're in the pin and they keep testing the wires to see if the electricity is down. They keep probing, and, and the Australian guy who's the handler there says that, that they're studying, they're waiting. There was clearly something going on in the shadows. You have the 93 World Trade Center bombing. You have the USS Cole. You have the Cobar Towers. You have these terrorist attacks. There's something there, but but people within our government were asleep at the switch. Agencies were not talking to each other. They were not collaborating with each other. 9-11 changed all that, some for the better, some for the worst. Uh, the psychic impact, the psychological impact, I think, still plays out. Uh, Tim Carney, who writes at the Washington Examiner, says, so much of the world today can be understood as the fallout of the psychological impact of 9-11. The nation that could not be touched is suddenly touched in a violent way, more than 2,000 Americans dead. It profoundly upended the world, and now our trade and travel is disrupted. We live in fear, and so much of the fear is expressed in theater, like, for example, going to the airport. So much of that is kabuki theater. It's theater. It's security theater. It's designed to make you feel safe without actually ever making you feel safe. Does it really make you safe? But then there's something else now. 22 years removed You know, we have people on the terror watch list walking into this country on foot across the border. We have Chinese nationals buying speedboats in the Bahamas and running them ashore in Florida and escaping in the night. We found Russians crossing the border, Afghans, 
Iraqis and Iranians, the Chinese. 22 years after 9-11, we, well, not we, the Democrats, don't really seem to be taking our national security seriously. They're, they're creating problems. I mean, are there sleeper cells in this country now that have come across the border? The answer probably is actually yes. There was this story recently about Chinese nationals showing up at military installations in the United States, overwhelming facilities, claiming they had uh, reservations at hotels on facilities, trying to get past the gate, trying to get onto bases, uh, swarming in Alaska and elsewhere, bases in rural parts of the country, demanding to be let in as tourists, coming with their cameras and, and their cell phones, trying to do electronic surveillance. This administration doesn't seem to take it seriously. The, the, the Obama administration didn't seem to take it seriously either. We have people crossing the border, illegal aliens and others coming into this country. 22 years after 9-11, it does make you wonder how many people are already embedded within this country who are here to do harm to us. And this administration asleep at the switch claiming what they're doing is working when it's not. I go back to this story by Ron DeSantis and, and Ken Cuccinelli on stage with me at the at the gathering. The number of Chinese who hire speedboats in the Bahamas and run them ashore in Florida and disappear into the night, it's happened more than once. That should keep our president up at night, and instead the man can barely stay awake during the day. We are 22 years removed from that awful day. But I wonder as we've slowly drifted back to sleep as a nation, what awful day might await us because our government leaders continue to fail us. Makes you wonder. Now, a company that's not going to fail you is Vision Computer. If you need a laptop or a desktop computer, they can build it for you, and they're not going to let you down. They build computers, they save you money, and then they service them. Now, listen, I, I want to talk to you if, you if you've got a computer right now, if you've got a PC, and Vision is not where you got it from, and you need tech support, for a low annual fee, Vision can actually take over tech support. They can remote into your computer. They can do a lot of email maintenance. They can do uh, antiviral support, things like that. They can help you with your printer and stuff for a low annual fee. If you've got Vision, you know the world-class support I'm talking about. Everybody has the opportunity. All you do is call them at 404-COMPUTE nationwide, anywhere in the United States, 404-COMPUTE, let Vision build your computers for you, save you some money in the process, and then be your tech support. You don't need a full IT department. Vision can take care of it. Each of your employees will be able to call. And if you call 404 Computer and ask about the Eric Erickson special, they can save you money. They can give you a special deal. You can go to visioncomputers.com. You will not see the Eric Erickson special. But if you call them at 404 Compute, Vision can take care of you. Ask them about the Eric Erickson special. They cut you an even better deal. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are in the United States, if you're in charge of a business and you want it to grow, First Liberty might be able to help you. Here's the deals they do. If you're buying a building or building a building or buying a franchise or expanding a franchise, buying out business partners or competitors, that's the sort of thing they do. They've been doing this since the 90s. A lot of lenders right now are kind of looking at their feet, wondering what to do with the economy as rates go up. That's when First Liberty shines. They've been through many, many cycles, business cycles. They know they can help you. Spend 10 minutes with them and see if you're a fit for them and they're a fit for you. Uh, FirstLibertyGA.com is the website, FirstLibertyGA.com. If you need $250,000 or more, that's kind of in their wheelhouse, FirstLibertyGA.com. And again, this is really important because I know I've got a big national audience now. They can help you anywhere in the United States, not just Georgia where they're located, anywhere in the nation. They can help your business grow, FirstLibertyGA.com. Now, 
We got lots of other stuff that I want to talk about. One of them is a big deal. Governor Glenn Youngkin has granted an absolute pardon to Scott Smith. Scott Smith is the father in Loudoun County, Virginia, whose daughter was sexually assaulted at school by a transgender student. He was wrongfully prosecuted and convicted for uh, causing a commotion at a Loudoun County school board meeting when he exposed what happened, that the the trans student sexually assaulted his daughter and the school system engaged in a cover-up as he was talking about this, they had him arrested and prosecuted for, yes, a local school board did this to this man. He's now been absolutely pardoned. Governor Glenn Youngkin says, in Virginia, parents matter, and my resolve to empower parents is unwavering. A parent's fundamental right to be involved in their child's education, upbringing, and care should never be undermined by bureaucracy, school divisions, or the state. I'm pleased to grant Scott Smith his pardon and help him and his family put this injustice behind them once and for all. They also began an investigation into sexual assaults in Loudoun County following the attorney general's uh, investigation into the sexual assault cover-up. The superintendent was fired. Uh, it was a remarkable abuse of power by the local school board and an actual cover-up of what was going on in the school system. Even some school board members didn't know about it. Good for Glenn Youngkin pardoning Scott Smith, who was not a bad guy. He stood up for his daughter And when he exposed what was happening in a school board meeting, they had him arrested. It was absolutely a bizarre perversion of justice now made right by Governor Glenn Youngkin, who could not do it sooner because he had to, the process in Virginia, the pardon process, um, takes a little while. You gotta, you gotta actually go through the process of the conviction. You can't, uh, you can't pardon before conviction in Virginia, unlike the federal government where you can, you can't in Virginia. And so now that that's happened, he's gotten a full pardon. Good for him. Good for the governor. Shame on the whole process that it had to get this far. When we come back, oh my gosh, you got to stick around. The road trip from hell that went through the South with the Secretary of Energy. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.